We are go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side, as always, in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. On this episode of Planet 8, we will be discussing the horror films of Hammer. Uh, those of you who are uh, not in the know, Universal had the famous monsters Dracula and Frankenstein and so on and so forth in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Hammer comes along and redoes some of those, if not all of those, classic monsters in color with a little bit more blood and gore. Speaking of blood and gore, we're very fortunate to have friend of the podcast, Lord Bloodraw, horror host and also host of Lord Bloodraw's nerve-wracking theater as well as independent filmmaker and creature feature archivist Tom Wersch. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, my lords and ladies, very happy to be here on Planet 8 again looking at the vinyl topiary <laughs> forest. It's a wonderful thing to be back here. Yeah, I know. It's great to be here and great subjects. Uh, let's roll. All right. Yes, yes. Sounds good. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get right into it. Um, we're going to go a round table. Favorite horror film from Hammer Pictures. Let's start with Tom. Uh, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. And, and why is that? What was it about that film that kind of... It, it's actually the first one that I saw in a theater. Oh. Uh, and um, it, it really made an impression on me because... Uh, you know, I had seen some of the other ones were on television right. because they were made much earlier, you know, in the late 50s. Right. But I hadn't seen uh, any of the Hammer films in an actual theater, and it, it really left an impression. Cool. And uh, Lord Bloodraw? Hmm. I've got to say it's between Curse of Frankenstein, uh -huh. which was just such a, as of that time, unique take on the whole Frankenstein story. It was much more... Much more, uh, well, much closer to the novel than right. American Frankenstein. Yeah. Because it, it, it introduced us to the true monster who was Frankenstein, Victor mm -hmm. Frankenstein. Uh, Peter Cushing's amazing performance in that film is just wonderful. Agreed. It's between that and, uh, I'm going to say Plague of the Zombies. Ooh. And almost for the same reason, because it had such an interesting... Uh, take on zombies. It was the voodoo zombies, not the flesh-eating Right, right, I was going to say. You know today. But um, the way it incorporated that into this, if I'm remembering correctly, mining village? I believe. In, yeah, somewhere in England, as I'm, as I'm remembering. Great film, and some chilling imagery in there. Really love that. That's film. going deep. I, I forgot about that uh, film. That, that, it doesn't get the airplay that it, that it deserves. Yeah. You don't see it very much. Cool. Uh, let's kick it up to the uh, satellite. Karen. Well, if we were going strictly on horror, then I think I would say The Mummy. 
um, because I I really like Christopher Lee's mm. uh, portrayal of the mummy because he has this very powerful mummy. I, I I just like the way he just like plowed through everything. I mean, he was like <laughs> this unstoppable force. True. Um, mm-hmm. You know, very different from kind of the staggering uh, mummy we got, especially in later the the sequels in Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his his mummy just seemed uh, well, like everything Christopher Lee did. You know, just kind of imposing and overpowering. And uh, so, I really enjoy that film. And of course, you've also got uh, Peter Cushing in it, so you can't you can't go wrong with that. Um, but if we broaden the category a little bit more, probably my all-time favorite Hammer film um, is uh, Quatermass and the Pit, or uh. as, as we know it here in the U.S., Five Million Years to Earth. Um, to me, that is that is an outstanding film. Just there's so many different aspects to it. It's got the science fiction background, but there's a lot of um, aspects to it that I think are much more like a horror film. Um, especially like when they're in the uh, the neighborhood, the Hobbs Inn neighborhood, and they talk about how you can see how these these aliens that have been buried underground have been kind of psychically influencing people um, for generations and causing them to interpret it as like ghosts and and uh, sort of um, like hauntings and things like that. It's just a very atmospheric film, and I I really really enjoy that film a lot. And I think it's actually coming out. Um, on a Blu-ray uh, from Scream Factory pretty soon, so uh, right. we'll finally have a, a good version here in the U.S. to look at. H- have you seen the uh, six-part TV uh, show that was based uh, on, was exactly the same thing? You know, I have seen a few clips online, but I haven't seen the whole thing, but I'd be interested in seeing well, that. It- it's on Internet Archive. You can download it. I, I downloaded all six, and it's exactly the same as the movie. Really? Wow. It's amazing, and it was made for television in the, uh, I believe it was the uh, 50s, uh, it came out in England. That's something to check out. Yeah, and uh, it's really good. I'll have, to, I'll have to take some time and actually sit and watch the whole thing, yeah. And did not have Brian Dunleavy, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and let's kick it over to Chief Engineer Bob. Yeah, well, didn't they? Uh, didn't the American distributor like sandwich Dunleavy in there? Made Hammer put him in there as. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I love werewolves. I love the Wolfman. All that. I gotta say, my favorite. I have two favorites. One favorite is definitely Curse of the Werewolf. Um, mm-hmm. I know we had Lord Bloodron before, and we talked. We talked at length, I think, about Lon Chaney Jr. and his portrayal of right. Lawrence Stewart Talbot, and you know his the way he played him, and how he was so heart wrenching, as you know, not wanting to be a Wolfman and turning into Wolfman at night. Right, right. I think Oliver Reed does maybe not as good, but close to as good a job, you know, as the tortured person that becomes a werewolf. Oh, I agree. And now, uh, wasn't the the premise was he was born on Christmas. Yeah, it was, and it was like such an affront to God that. Well, he was the, cursed. The, the rape as well. I mean, right. you know, it was yeah, uh, the way he was conceived. Yeah, because yeah, you had the uh, serving wench. Yeah, and she would serve the one prisoner. Right. Well, she and was then, mute too. She couldn't. Yeah, she talk, was mute. So. Yes. And then when the uh, person running the place basically made advances, and she rejected his advances, right. he threw her in the cage or in the jail with the. Uh, 
with a hermit in there. Yeah. And yeah, he ends up raping her, and that's where uh, where Alvarine is born. And yeah, and he but, dies after that too. Yeah. It was all these weird yeah. things yeah. going on, and so the spirit of the werewolf entered into her womb or some he, kind of. So he was essentially he was born cursed. He was born yeah, cursed. Was going yeah. to happen. Con- yeah. Conception. So all to you birth. listeners out there that have birthdays on Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> watch out. No, Someday. no, no. We we just we just. <laughs> but. Um, no, and then the makeup is excellent. Oh, That's yeah. One yeah. of my favorite werewolf makeups. Uh, even though the makeup of the face itself was minimal, it was still, you know. The buildup. I mean, betrayal. even the shoulders I noticed when, you know. Right. He, now, was that Oliver Reed playing the yeah. werewolf as well? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah that no, was a great look. He did a great job. Because he was a fairly big guy yeah, yeah. to begin with. So. It wasn't that big a uh, stretch for him to, to, play, <laughs> That's true. to play the Wolfman as well as himself. Yeah. But uh, and I think that also kind of capped off Hammer's whole run of Dracula and Frankenstein and the Mummy and then the Werewolf. Mm. You know, kind of whole run of the Universal remakes the or monster. reimaginings. Or the whatever. only monster that did not have multiple sequels. Mm. That's true, right. Yeah. That's true. There was only one Werewolf movie. Yeah. Was, it? was there another Mummy why. movie? I don't know. No, yeah. you know, you're right. There yeah, was no, no there was one mummy. So. No, wait a minute. No, there was more than Shroud one. Shroud the Mummy. Right? Yeah. Wasn't that yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. There were a few mummy yeah. movies. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they did a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. That's but right. no more werewolf. I'm trying to think, how did he die? I just watched this, too. Uh, how did he die at the end of the movie? But didn't he get shot and he fell out of oh, the Oh, that's right. Tower? The silver bullet from yeah, the, right. the bell tower. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, no, so that's I, I have it right here and for then you. There was another one. Go ahead, Tom. On the mummy? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, The Mummy's Shroud, and Blood of the Mummy's Tomb were all uh, hammered. Now, were one of those your second I have favorite? To, I have to do uh, some catching Paul? up. No, you know, I was never really a mummy fan. Ah. You know, even even the old Universal Mummies. It was oh. Mummy and Invisible Man. Those were kind of off to the side for me. <laughs> okay. I wasn't really into them. <laughs> but uh, but I do have that whole Universal set, so I've got them by default. Mm. So... Uh, but no, I, I, I do like the original Christopher Lee money mm-hmm. for Hammer. But uh, the other one is kind of offbeat. It's Lust for a Vampire. Oh, yeah. And uh, starring Ute Stensgard, who Ute. I had a big crush on growing up. <laughs> and, uh, and it's really funny because that would show on TV syndicated as To Love a Vampire. Mm. And was edited so far down that you had no clue that once you saw Lust for a Vampire that right. look at all the stuff that's in this movie right about 15 minutes <laughs> that was not Sunday in <laughs> that was not in this TV movie right and uh, yeah I mean that was the sequel basically to the Vampire Lovers yes yeah and uh, basically lesbian vampires but uh, as we're talking about Hammer I'm remembering all of these other great Hammer films yeah well, Bobble, so how about the Bobble Snowman and, yes and, that yeah. was a good that one that was a fabulous yeah. film yeah, yeah. And then a, the Gorgon. I mean, we have to mention oh, that. Gorgon, yeah. Gorgon, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. It's yeah. important that we mention that. That's, that's right. It's important to mention that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that soon. We'll, that's, yeah, right. that's right. They did a great job on the Phantom of the Opera, I thought, too. They really did. Their Phantom was Was a that good, Herbert Lum? Uh, it was. Yeah, okay. It was, yeah. Of uh, Inspector Clouseau fame. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, has anybody seen? I'm oh, sorry. Did you see yours? R- real quickly. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that's fine. Larry doesn't get any. <laughs> Larry doesn't get any. Uh, mine, obviously, a Curse of the Werewolf, but The Brides of Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, you know, it, it's a really cool 
vampire film without Christopher Lee. And, and I love Christopher Lee's Dracula portrayal as well. Now, that was the only one he didn't play Dracula. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And what struck me was um, Peter Cushing does get bit. That's right. And he cures himself, which I don't think has ever been in any other vampire right, film right. where, where you cure yourself. He takes a hot iron, oh, yes. red hot burns yeah. the bite, and then throws holy water on it, and right. it disappears. Right. And pisses <laughs> off the vampire, right. and, and he goes after him, and... You know, <laughs> Peter throws holy water on him and burns his face and, right, and yeah. you know, all that stuff. But that just sticks out in my mind that he was able to cure himself of vampirism, it's Dr. Van Helsing. Every time it happened. Well, yeah, you know, the thing that I was so impressed at growing up with the Hammer films mm -hmm. was, well, A, they had the whole gothic atmosphere. Yeah. Which uh, we spoke about the Universal films earlier, that they were in their own sort of world. With this kind of, you know, village and backwards people. And then suddenly, like, Lawrence Talbot comes in and he's, you know, a modern type person. You know, he's obviously from back then, modern day, you know. Yeah, but, um, society. But, yeah, no, Hammer had the whole gothic thing going on, which I think uh, Bray Studios, they had all this land and a lot of the land was used as the backgrounds and stuff. See, I was going to ask the you. forests and all that. So. Okay, so they did have like a, a back lot, if you will. Yeah, they had a very small studio. Right. Tom's probably got the history there, but they had a very small studio called Bray Studios huh. before Pinewood came around. Okay, so this was pre-Pinewood. Pinewood, pre -Pinewood, was the, Pinewood was like the huge, that's where Bond was all shot. Oh, right, Star Wars. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, Superman was shot there. Right, right. The original. And so, but yeah, Bray Studios was their first set of studios and they had all this like farmland or whatever out there yeah. that they used for forests and you know the woods and everything in their films and that kind of you know helped set the whole atmosphere Could plus those films were really the first ones to show a lot of the sort of gore and blood right. and right. you know yeah. Frankenstein well, pulling organs and things like that but, right or yeah. like eyeballs bubbling in a Go ahead, Walker, I'm sorry. Don't say anything. I, I was just going to say, that's why those films when I was really young made me uncomfortable, and I couldn't really watch Hammer until I got in my teens, basically, because, you know, it was Hammer was like blood and boobs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and you, you know, they'd be like people's brains being sloshed around and buckets right. on the floor and blood squirting out. And, you know, of course, all the assistants are bending over and in the so, boots. You know, I couldn't appreciate it until I was like 13, 14. Yeah, that's a good point. Wasn't there one, one of the Frankenstein movies where he actually drops a brain or a heart on the floor and accidentally kicks it around a little bit? Yes. He picks it up. I seem to remember that. I couldn't yep. tell you which movie it was. I seem to remember that scene. You you remember that, Karen? Yes, I do, and I, I think they made fun of it in some. Uh, there was some like uh, film where they were showing like a, a bunch of different like horror movies scenes from them, and I, I remember them having that clip in there. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I don't recall. I'm, I'm going to have yeah. to look now and yeah. see. Yeah. Or if if any of our listeners know the name of that film. Uh, put it up on Facebook it's or our page. It's definitely in the dark know. recesses of my mind. Right. But, but Bob, you brought up uh, Lust for a Vampire. Yeah. That was kind of a mini cycle, part of a mini cycle within uh, the Hammer horror films, the vampire films based on the Karnstein. The Karnsteins, family. yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the film I was going to mention was. Um, 
Captain Kronos, vampire. Right. Mm. Carolyn yeah. Monroe. Right. Yeah, exactly. With Carolyn yeah. Monroe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that was supposed to kick off a whole series of, of films, and it just didn't, unfortunately, didn't work. It didn't work. Because he was out. supposed to face the Frankenstein monster, and he was supposed to go after different. They were, they were going to introduce he was sort of some like kind of the time Van Helsing element. Of, uh, mm. Yeah, exactly. Even though, even though Peter Cushing was Van Helsing, he was, Kronos was more the sort of modern Van Helsing that Universal right, exactly, envisioned where exactly. he was going after all the monsters. would have been the Hugh Jackman of the... Yeah. Of the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the precursor to Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because when I was growing up, I never had an opportunity to see any of these movies at a theater. It yeah. was all through Bob Wilkins' Creature Features. Of course. Right. You know, right. that was how That's I right. saw most of my uh, Godzilla and Dracula and, you know, films. Um, I, I just, I wonder if there were any um, restrictions that they had showing that kind of, you know, boobs and, and blood, as it were. Uh, do you know, Tom, if, if Bob ever encountered that? or? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Twins of Evil was the first one that mm. they slipped through. Oh. Um, but then when they showed it again, they covered it. Oh, okay. Well, t- tell the story of when they first showed it. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically what happened was that um, Bob Shaw decided, because he was the editor for uh, the films that they right. that they showed on Creature Features, and of course they were running 16 millimeter prints in those days, mm. and everything that was the show was taped, so they had to switch back and forth, and he just decided to leave the film the way it was, so that when they exposed <laughs> the breast of the, the twins, it, it came on. The and of course, <laughs> everybody at home was like, "Oh my God! Look, they've never seen this before on TV, you know." And uh, because it's broadcast TV in those days, yeah. And um, so the they got huge ratings. Everybody switched to two <laughs> to, to see what was going on now, this with this was, movie. This was like late night, right? Yeah. Like eleven thirty, well, twelve o'clock. Yeah, I, no, I think Twins of Evil was in there at the nine o'clock slot still oh, okay. when wow. he first showed it because it was the early seventies. Bob's show started at, at nine o'clock. Yeah, and in in his second year, well, maybe you're right because they went to two movies, so maybe it was yeah. the second movie. So anyway, everybody switched to uh, channel two, and the, <laughs> and the ratings went sky high. Right. So management the next day said, "Oh my God, this movie got unbelievable ratings, the best we've ever got. <laughs> we got to show this thing again. We'll show. That's right, we got to show it in prime time. Yeah, you know. And then he he told them, he says, maybe you really want to see what's in this movie first, and they. And he showed him, and it was like, oh, my God, we showed this? I can't believe we showed this. You know? But to be an, an independent station yeah. could get away with that. And, uh, and I think that they were told not to do it again. Right. They didn't get in trouble for doing it, but okay. the next time they showed it, they covered it. So funny. Yeah, it was a different world. I was going to say pre-internet. So, right. you know, well, Creature Features was also the first show in the country. Here, Channel 2 is the first station in the country. To air Night of Living Dead on That's a cut. Right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, they used to get away with quite yeah. a bit. Well, Night of yeah. Living Dead was New Year's Day, 1972. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, that's the first time okay. it was ever shown in the Bay Area. Because wow. Bob used to say, when uh, Kira Schoen as the little girl stabs her mother with the uh, garden trowel. Right. He'd always say, count the stabs, and then you know if it's edited or not. You know, it yes. should be like 13 stabs, I think. Something like that. Yeah. He would say, like, there's like 150 stabs or something. <laughs> I think they and, cut it down uh, to five. Or yeah, something. yeah, they cut it down and to one or noticed. two. Now, let me but, ask you guys. But going back to think, Hammer. It, yeah. Yeah, do you think it was on purpose, or maybe I'm just thinking, you know, there was always the Bond girl. 
did Hammer try to establish like the horror oh, girl? Because I know yeah. there's a couple of actresses who did several of these movies. Oh yeah. Well, like Veronica Carlson like, was right. Veronica Carlson, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Carolyn Monroe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Veronica Carlson uh, was listed in um, the horror, uh, not horror of Dracula. It was. Um, which uh, Dracula film was she in? I know she was in Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. Right. Taste the Blood of Dracula, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, you're right. Uh, she was listed as Hammer's horror, latest horror, um, not horror, honey, but it, wasn't, but it was something equally almost Femme as crass. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, but, she was really in Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. Dracula from the Grave. Uh, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, right. a horror of Frankenstein and the right. Ghoul. Oh, the ghoul. She was yeah. in the ghoul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. she was actually in Casino Real in the beginning of her career as right. a uh, uh, tall, blonde, uncredited. Uh. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. So they were definitely putting together this kind of stable of very attractive uh, victims for their various monsters. Mm. You know, definitely, yeah. It yeah, seemed it, to work well for them for a number of years. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Veronica Carlson, <laughs> Veronica, Veronica's going to be a guest at uh, Creatures Con coming up this year, as a matter of yeah, fact. Tell us a little about Creatures Con, because we, we were there last year, and yeah. we had Lord Blood Raw on um, before the show. Then uh, Planet 8 uh, was fortunate enough to, to be at the show, but Lord if Planet. you gentlemen would talk a little and, and we're going to give you more information towards the end of the podcast but just give us a little background on what's going on this year well uh creatures con this is our ninth year and uh we're the bay area's classic horror convention mm-hmm. tom and i looked around a few years ago and realized that in the bay area proper you had comic book conventions star trek conventions everything sure else. sure nothing dedicated to classic horror Mm. And uh, the convention really started out as a tribute to Bob Wilkins' creature features, Bob mm-hmm. Wilkins and John Stanley's yeah, creature yeah. features. But we realized that in order to keep Creatures Con kind of growing, we would have to expand that out into the worlds of classic horror and science fiction and classic TV and horror hosts and things like that. Right. So, well, yeah, this year our event is coming up at the San Ramon Marriott, mm-hmm. Sunday, July 7th. And uh, we're very fortunate this year to have the West Coast premiere of a new Hammer Horror style film mm. called House of the Gorgon. Oh, nice. Have a call back to, to the original Hammer <laughs> the Horror Gorgon, film. Gorgon, yeah. Uh, made by this uh, independent filmmaker named Josh Kennedy, who specializes in doing these kind of homages to, to classic horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially a few Hammer things that he's done in the past, but uh, this is his latest film, and Veronica Carlson, the film actually stars Veronica Carlson, oh, nice. Carolyn Monroe, Martine Beswick, wow. and Christopher Neen. Huh. And we're lucky enough to have uh, Veronica Carlson as a guest there, along with the director. So we're going to oh. do the West Coast premiere of the film. There you go. And do Q&A with both of them after, after the West Coast premiere. Awesome. Yeah, and we've got other programming, too. That's oh, yes. uh, the Monster Movie Quiz, which is uh, always a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I, that's some of the most fun I ever have on stage, is doing <laughs> the Monster Movie Quiz. That was something that was begun by Bob Wilkins back in 75, I think, for the, for the Bob yeah, Wilkins Super Horror yeah. Show. Mm-hmm. With John Stanley, uh, based on John Stanley's book. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and it's basically a uh, cheesy game show 
that tests your knowledge of uh, classic horror and science fiction. And I love who, who were the contestants year. last year? Oh, last year was uh, Scott Moon. Scott Moon. Miss Misery. Yeah, Miss Misery. And, and Tom uh, Cambus from Tom Cambus. LA. That's right. Tom Cambus used to work for Forrest J. Ackerman. Oh, That's right. yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he was, he won. Oh, did he? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Imagine that. That's right. Now, the first year we did it, one of the contestants was Johnny Legend. Famous film oh, right. and from something weird video and everything like that. Yeah. It was no contest. He just <laughs> everybody away. Took him a while to get there because you know he was thinking about the answers a lot, but he, right. he just blew everybody. See, that's the thing. He knew what he was doing. The KGO Radio here last week had uh, the guy who right now is kind of running the table on Jeopardy. Oh, and he was saying, "All you people know the answers, but." The key is you have to know the answers within five seconds. Yes. Mm. So same with the monster movie quiz. We all know the answers. Yeah, that's it. But can it, you know, we're all getting old, so. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, can we remember the answers and spit them out in five seconds or less? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, Especially when you're being asked directly, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it. I know it's, it's, uh, uh, Well, it's a lot of fun because it's it's interactive with the audience, and yes. the audience wins the prizes, not the contestants. So that, uh -huh. that, that makes it even more fun. That, uh, uh, that's cool. So it, it's it's not just the people up on the stage and you watch it. Every, everybody gets involved. And it's, you know, you've got scenes from the movies and, right. and uh, you know, multiple choice questions. And it just, you know, it's just a whole fun thing it's not really you know per who's gonna win this thing kind of oh, thing no. you know and no, it's all about and, the, uh, the journey and then and then our our it's fun one is the uh, uh, we have a feature film yes. that's hosted by multiple uh, horror hosts on the screen uh -huh. and, and we never let people know what the movie's going to be until they get there. Right. <laughs> so it's always a good movie. It's okay. not uh, some PD, uh, something that's been shown a million times. We <laughs> yeah. pick something that's pretty rare, uh -huh. and um, but it, it's hosted uh, on screen uh -huh. uh, by multiple horror hosts. Mm -hmm. Nice. And uh, that works really well. Yeah, Mega Thriller Theater has become one of our more popular uh, yeah, segments that we do that we do every year. Sounds And fun. then we've got like 65 vendors. They had 65 vendors, yeah. Oh, and this year, every year we try to do a unique um, unique film presentation, like a, a documentary on, you know, on right. something that's going pertinent to that, that year. Yeah, yeah. This year, believe it or not, spot talking about getting old, this is the <laughs> 60th anniversary of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, wow. The movie is 60 years wow. old. So uh, we're going to have a special... A mini documentary called "The Shocking Facts About Plan 9 from Outer Space," huh. which addresses some of the stories and legends that have come up about the film throughout the years. Some of them are true, some of them are false, and we're going to kind of explore that and talk about the. So making all you Ed Wood fans, I don't know if my heart can now. stand it. That's right. <laughs> can your heart stand the shocking so, facts? Go to your calendar on July 7th of this year and yes. put a big CC. Right. That's right. Creatures Con. That's right. At the San Ramon Marriott. And bring your heart medication. Right, yes. <laughs> CreaturesCon.com if you want more information on that, by the way. Excellent. CreaturesCon.com, yes. All right, Excellent. so um, speaking of creatures and that, yes. so what were your guys' big influence? I mean, obviously, there was something that influenced you to get into all this stuff. I mean, other than the horror hosts and things. But movie-wise... What was your big influence growing up? Just into general horror? Horror, monsters, science fiction. Creature features, Bob Wilkins. I mean, films though. What movies? Oh, what specific movies? Yeah. Uh, for me, it was the Universal films. 
Mm-hmm. And again, seeing those on creature features, but it was seeing. Um, I think the first, the first horror film, quote unquote, that I ever saw, I believe, was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of that's a great introduction for. Oh, a kid. Yeah, that is actually. No, oh, it is. And then yeah. I was like, well, oh my god, the original Frankenstein's coming on creature features next week. That's great. So yeah, I could see you know where this started. That oh, the Wolfman and stuff like that. So it was definitely uh, just being exposed to the films. I've always just from just from seeing them on TV you mm-hmm. know just fell in love with the entire genre from from my first viewing I think it was just something I've always been drawn to what about you Tom? yeah I would say the universal because uh, that's that's the thing that we saw the most I mean the television was full of the 50s uh, sci-fi things which were you know kind of uh, alright whatever but the, the, there seemed to be a quality to the universal that has stuck I think with all of us that's a good point and uh you know um, the monsters, and they were so well done, and oh, yeah. the music. Oh, I yeah. mean, it, right. it, it, you really learn the importance later on in life, which you don't know as a kid, of how the music affects you uh, in in different scenes of the film. So, uh, um, I would say that, and then I, I think the one that scared me the most, though. Is is a fun story. Is we we lived up in Sonoma County and born in San Francisco, but lived up in Sonoma County. But I went back when my brother was in college, and he took me to see Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, it was uh, it was re released. It was originally in sixty. I think this was probably in sixty three or sixty four. I was William just a Castle. little kid, and he takes me to see this movie, <laughs> and I got to tell you, I mean, nothing scared me worse than did, that. Did That's you actually a, have the ghost viewers? I did. I had oh, the really? viewers, you know, which you could see with either way. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, that, yeah. that was just a joke, but uh, it was a scary movie uh, for ten year old or yeah. whatever it was back in that day. I'll tell you. Yeah, no. so you, met, you mentioned like the 50s movies and whatever, but I love those. The whole oh, AIP t- package of oh, yeah. I Was a Teenage Werewolf, right. you know, How to Make a Monster, It Conquered the World, mm-hmm. you know, all those were just, uh, I love those, even Beast with a Million Eyes and Day the Earth World Ended and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, those were great. It's just, there's just such wild imagination to be found in this genre. But, and I include both horror and science fiction in that. Yeah, yeah. There's just, there's a wild kind of uh, creativity and kind of a, an abandon that you go like, that's why you talk about like mm-hmm. some of the, some of the lesser budget like, you know, stuff and even below AIP, some of the schlock stuff. I love the attitude of, hey, we got 20 bucks Let's make a monster movie and just go for it. I love that attitude. Like in the like in the film Ed Wood, you got a right. you got a poster. Uh, uh, yeah, you got a script. Hell no, we got a poster. Yeah. Did those, yeah. people, those people really have twenty dollars? Well, in, in the best case scenario, best well, case see, scenario. that's what really amazed me because Sam Arkoff, Sam Arkoff would go to Paul Blaisdell yes. and say, "Okay, we need this monster. We need like a, a Martian for Invasion of the Saucer Men. Yes, and we need it by Monday." Go home to your garage and make it for 150 bucks, yes. or, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he'd go, and he would of course make them to fit him. So he would have to then That's right. he would double dip. He'd get money for actually playing the monster because <laughs> he was the one that fit the costumes. I'm yeah. in the middle of writing episodes for my ninth season, and I just finished writing uh, my episode for Lord Blood Ross Nerve Racking Theater. By the way, is the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, blood, get blood, that blood. in. Uh, I just finished running my episode for Frankenstein's Daughter. Oh, yeah. You've seen that. 
and uh, Harry Thomas, who was Ed Wood's makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And he also did Superman, Superman Meets the Mole Man. Yeah. Killers from Space. He did the ping pong ball. Oh, nice. 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 Um, he did the makeup for Frankenstein's daughter. And he was told, you know, you're going to make a Frankenstein mask for a low budget Frankenstein movie. It's like, okay. So he made it, goes to the set, delivers it. And the director looked at it and said, you know, the monster is supposed to be a woman. And it's an obviously <laughs> big headed male thing. And he was like, you know, we're going to shoot. What, what can you do? So Harry Thomas just put lipstick on it. Lipstick and a wig. Lip, lip, no, not even a wig. Because right. the head's bandaged. That's right. <laughs> so just, just, a lip, just a little lipstick. You can't put lipstick on a pig, but you can put it on a Frankenstein monster. There you go. There you go. Apparently so. <laughs> well, let's kick it up to the uh, satellite. Uh, Karen, so uh, if you had to peg down, uh, n- not necessarily starring, but actually being involved in trying to defeat one of the creatures uh, in these horror, uh, these hammer horror, not the universal, I think, I think those creatures are easier to uh, vanquish or deal with than the hammer. Hammer was kind of faster, smarter. Well, which? Loopier. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Continue, please. Which movie version of, of that monster would you uh, think you can you can go after and, and defeat? Do I have help, or am I just doing it by myself? You got me and Bob. Oh, okay. <laughs> you might as well be by yourself. It's easy. It's easy. Uh, which which monster do I think I could go after? Yeah, would hmm. it be the werewolf, the hammer version of the werewolf? Uh, you know, the brides well, of Dracula, Dracula proper. Certainly, uh, no Christopher Lee Dracula because he's just too frightening. He's he's a tough one. I agree with you on that. But it seems like some of the versions, some of the Frankensteins were not, you know, they're kind of messed up. Um, you know, they're half half put together. So, you're, you're going in more after, ways than one. You're going after Kiwi Kingston, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the head was, it, it was kind of looked loose, you know, maybe a good, you know, maybe me and, and Bob distract him. And then Larry comes up from behind with a shovel. <laughs> So there you go. I think we might be able to do it. You know, I think we've got a a chance there, but certainly not not that big hulking mummy. No way. We're all dead with that one. (laughs) Just grab each of us by the throat and then one of us would run away. So that would be me. Now, I'm thinking we need to get a Super 8 camera together and maybe we can put something together for next year's Creature Con and they can. Uh, you know, showcase our our. Well, they have they have this thing now called video. What's that? They have this thing now called video. Oh, video, <laughs> yeah. video. Oh, okay. Have you fangled? Look at digital. Now you know I, I I'm going to throw the same question over to Bob, and I'm I'm going to put a caveat in Bob's answer. You go ahead and pick the film, but you cannot have the Dragon Mobile. Okay, and, and oh, for those listeners <laughs> who, who've um, been paying attention, we did have a dystopian future episode, and, and Bob uh, created this dragon mobile <laughs> that kind of vanquished That was dragon from one utopia. <laughs> um, I'd have to go. I'd have to go after one of the Karsteins 
Frank? One of the female car stars, yes, of, course. Yes. Okay, yeah, of course. Of course, of course, of course. Um, I would go after Dracula. Christopher Ooh. Lee. Yes, because as that series went on, they needed to find more and more creative ways to kill the vampire. Yeah. And by the time that series ended, there were more damn ways to kill Dracula. <laughs> other than, you know, sunlight, stake through the heart. There were Hawthorne. In one of them, he dies on getting tangled wheel. up in Hawthorne. Hawthorne. In a Hawthorne bush. Bush. He oh, okay. dies in a Hawthorne bush. Uh-huh. Well, one of them, he dies in running water. Oh, yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just put yeah. a stream in front of him. That's right. Right. So if you've got like, Push him you know, in the water. Push him in the river. Yeah, if you've got like a swatch of Hawthorne bushes, just <laughs> bat at him until he gets into the running water and he's dead. By the end of the, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just get a hose. Just yeah, get a hose. hose. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's running water. Hose that's running down, water. Hit him with a hose. Get Bad a Dracula. Bad Dracula. Spray bottle that we use for our puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Back, you demon from hell. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they made nine. Yeah. Hammer made nine Dracula films. Was it no, yeah. oh, with Christopher wow. Lee? Just total films oh, that oh, were just, Dracula. Well, there was wow. a one, Brides of, Frankenstein, Brides of Dracula, that was not Christopher Lee. Hey, that would be a good film, Brides of Frankenstein. That would be interesting. Brides of Dracula. Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, well. Uh, Tom, what, what movie would you you go after the monster? What, what do you think it would be? Frankenstein, the Gorgon, what? What do you... Oh, we'll go... Most easily defeatable. Yeah. Oh, God, most easily defeatable. Um... Well, I guess if I had a giant cross, it would have to be Dracula. <laughs> there you go. And a, and a big uh, gallon of holy water. <laughs> you know what I found interesting is we mentioned earlier that uh, they were kind of spinoffs of the Universal, but that doesn't mean they didn't run into problems with Universal because there's a lot of copyright issues that were oh, going yeah. on, which is some of the reasons why Universal International released a lot of the first Hammer films in this country to avoid the problems because they were successful over in England, but when they got here, it was like, uh uh-uh, uh, you're not bringing them into this country because. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I know they had like the Frankenstein makeup was was uh, theirs, and and so Hammer had to create their, which I thought was was a lot gruesome, more gruesome. Yeah, yes, than, you know, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And it worked in their favor, but they, they only used that. Make well, it one time, right? And it also had to do with the storylines, too, because some of the storylines were following some of the universal storylines. Mm. And so they had to be careful with that. They had to change their stories so it didn't fall in. Like, one of them was very close to the son of Frankenstein, and, and they were making oh, it. Right. And Universal jumped right on that. You know, so they, they had problems making them because of Universal Studios. Mm. And I know well, especially I want- with the look that... In, yeah. um, Evil of Frankenstein was actually a Universal Hammer co-production. Oh. And that's where you got the Kiwi right. Kingston flathead yeah. look. Because okay. they, they were trying to go for something that looked like... So they were able to then do that they were flathead. Able to do that. Only because they worked with Universal okay. Studios. Right. Universal said, okay, we'll, we won't go after you right. for yeah. copyright infringement. Because I think the gray area was that Universal couldn't copyright Frankenstein. Right. But they were able to copyright the look the of makeup, their right? Right. The, right. the makeup and the you know heavy boots right. and the suit and right. all that. And when Horror of Dracula was, I mean, the, the film we know is Horror of Dracula, I believe in England was just released as Dracula. That's right. Mm. Right? right? Exactly right. When it came here, it was called Horror yeah. of Dracula. Because that's another thing, because Dracula was a historical figure. So they can't well, copyright Dracula. 
literary figure. Right. Literary. Well, like the name. They can't claim Dracula. Right. So anyone can make a Dracula movie. Right. But if they start making the Dracula look like Bela Lugosi or whatever, yeah. then that's where they kind of get in trouble. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, literary and historical. There they, uh, they copyright Wolfman, but they can't copyright Werewolf. Right, right. So you can do a Werewolf movie all you want. You just right. can't call it Wolfman. Right. So... Yeah, the, the, a lot of British films, or even vice versa, were changed. The the titles were changed. You know, like Curse of the Demon was Night of the Demon in uh, yeah. in England. So they, they that was common for them to do that. Yeah. Well, even the Mummy, right? Because mummies are actual historical right. figures. You can't, you can't copyright, copyright the name Mummy, mummy. Yeah. but that's interesting. Yeah. 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 Can you copyright creature features? <laughs> nah. You better not try. <laughs> Leave that one alone. <laughs> uh, Karen, let me ask you this. So at uh, our Universal discussion, we had uh, Lord Bloodraw here. We talked about um, the actors who portrayed Universal monsters. The Wolfman, uh, Dracula, Frankenstein. Um, with Christopher Lee on the Hammer side... How many monsters do you do you recall? How many mo different monsters he played? Well, he played Dracula. He played the Mummy. He played a version of Frankenstein. So he kind of, and they only had one Wolfman. So yeah, he never he got kinda, to play the Wolfman. Yeah, he he kind of covered the the main ones. Was and he was in the Horror Express as well. And uh, was that like a Van Helsing? That, that is not a Hammer film. That's not Hammer. Oh, that's not yeah. Hammer. It's not Hammer. No. Oh, but no. it had. It was, but, like uh, but it was Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Well. Okay, we that's, uh, we just right. ran that uh, Thursday night on Creature Features. Uh, oh, you so I, I, what do you want to know about Horror <laughs> Express? <laughs> no, he, he played actually uh, a ex, he was a, a scientist or expedition archaeologist. Archaeologist. archaeologist yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What what uh, company? Put that out because it, it was hammer uh, Isn't it a French? Yeah, it's Italian, really? French. I mean, Italian. they they, they actually no. did not record any of the sound during the film. That they they dubbed it all afterwards. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and it had oh, Telly Savalas in it. Yeah. And oh, Peter, yeah. you know, well, that's Peter what uh, the Jackie Chan movies do. They don't record any sound when they no, because Jackie Chan his movies are distributed worldwide. Yeah. So they just you know they're talking. They just don't record the dialogue. And then they go in after and dub it in Chinese, yeah. Mandarin, English, French, huh. Spanish, but German, whatever. A lot of people think that's yeah. a Hammer film. You're, yeah, you're absolutely I, right. I yeah, mean, they, I, they, yeah. they, they always, you know, because Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing. Uh, exactly. Right. That's, that's yeah. what I thought. It's like, yeah. interesting. But talking about uh, Christopher Lee, I think one of the best roles, and I, and I haven't seen this film until, I don't know, somewhere between five and six seven years ago um is a, a movie called the devil rides out yes yeah also it's i think in over here it was called the devil's bride um yeah i can tell lord blood Rock knows what i'm talking about oh, yeah. but his head is nodding the rest of us are like huh <laughs> but but it's it's a very different role for lee because he's actually the hero in this movie uh -huh. Um, he's this nobleman, and he's trying to save a, a friend who gets uh, sucked into this satanic cult. Hmm. And uh, there's a lot of mysticism and all kinds of spooky stuff going on. But he—he's a—he's a very good uh, heroic figure uh, in the film. It, it was a really interesting change to see him, because you know, in the Dracula movies, and I—I I think it 
probably I, what I've read is that after a while he became kind of fed up and he just didn't have any dialogue. He was like, this dialogue is terrible. And so mm. he didn't talk and he just becomes this kind of imposing figure who's standing around. But in this film, you know, he's kind of the center of attention and he is this uh, almost like a, a Van Helsing, but uh, a little bit different. But yeah, he's a really good heroic figure in it. And uh, anyway, if you get a chance to see The Devil Rides Out, they sometimes show it on TMC. Um, so I would recommend that. Well, I am going to check it out. Well, that's, that's, really that's cool. the thing about Hammer. They just got totally lucky that they lucked on to Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee oh, yeah. at an early mm. point, and they were like the anchors for a lot of their movies. And you yeah. think about Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee, you know, he was Dracula, you know, all these monsters we were talking about in the Hammer films. He was a Bond villain. He was mm -hmm. in Star Wars. He was right. in Lord of the Rings. He's like one of the main cinematic villains of all time. He won World War II single-handed. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, and he was you know a mainstay of those Hammer films yes. in his early yeah. days. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Peter Cushing, a very well-respected actor. That, True. Yeah. He was even in Airport Seventy Seven. <laughs> he was. You could, say, you could say that Christopher Lee cut his teeth on the Hammer films. It was kind of interesting uh, with one of the interviews he did uh, with with Wilkins, where he was talking about the Mummy and how beat up he was uh, making that film. I oh, mean, really? he, oh yeah, he really went through a lot of pain and agony. Uh, in, in a, the shoulder, yeah, there's a many. You know, going well, down he, into the swamp. Start the movie and, out coming out of the swamp, coming out of the water. And, oh yeah, no, he had a, a brutal time yeah. uh, making that movie. Bulldozing through all those walls and furniture, I, I guess, took its it. toll. The scene where yeah. he breaks into, <clears throat> breaks into a room through a door. Mm. Yeah, the door no, was he, not break away. <laughs> he really got beat up making that right, film. Yeah. Hmm. Let me ask you guys this: Have you guys watched Penny Dreadful? Oh, yes. No? Yeah. Yes. I've started getting into it. I have maybe like four or five episodes in. In, in my opinion, Hammer really had more of a influence on that Penny Dreadful series than, than the Universal. And it worked so well. Even though it's not a contemporary story, it's still taking place in yes. you know, Victorian era right. uh, England. Right. It worked so well. It's kind of a melding. A melding of the two because they do callbacks to the classic, right? Right. I, I, of the monsters. Be, because in this day and age, there is no, uh, in my opinion, like there is no version of Dracula or Frankenstein that's been put on screen, either cable or, or the movies, that kind of had the gravitas that Hammer had for its time. You know. And now, Penny Dreadful yeah. comes to mind, and that, that's why I brought it up. I thought Penny Dreadful kind of paid an homage to those films but also took it in another direction yeah. no one else has really done that do you guys uh, can you think of any i i was a big fan of and still champion the wolfman movie with um oh Benicio, Benicio yes Moro. yeah i Del loved that movie I don't, it was good today i don't understand why the sequel was as good respect. too what? It didn't. It didn't star him. It went straight to cable. But it was as good as the first movie. There was a sequel to that. There was a sequel. You're kidding. I I will look it up. Was it, it Wolfman too, or was it some other? Uh, it was kind of like the Curse of something or other. But all and it had no real big star names yeah. in it. But huh. the makeup and the CGI and everything was from the first film. Oh, please do! I didn't. I will. I've never heard of that. I will. That's I'll, great. But I loved that movie. Knowledge. 
I will say that the uh, director's cut that is on the Blu-ray release uh-huh. is better than the theatrical. Okay. It, it, it is better. It, 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 um, it uh, fleshes out uh, Talbot's character a bit mm. more and the character of, of the father. Where Anthony Hopkins plays. Yeah. So it's better, but still. Yeah, see, I, I want to say I have the DVD. I don't think I have the Blu ray of it. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, one area about the Hammer films I find interesting was that uh, in the late 50s to the early 60s, mm-hmm. the, the British were shooting their films in the same aspect ratio that our TVs are now. Okay. Americans were shooting them much wider. Right. So when you buy the DVDs or the Blu-ray, they're really showing you the original aspect ratio, which is like our 16 thing. by 9 TVs. So you're seeing the whole thing. So a lot of times people think that, oh, well, they, you know, it's an older film, so they, you right. know, are over framing it or something like that. But no, not true. They're, uh, all of them, like Abominable Snowman in the Himalayas and Horror of Dracula and that, they were shot in that frame ratio. So Tom, you, was it a cost saving or was it? No, it's just, you know, they, they, they decided that they wanted to shoot it at that frame ratio where the Americans were going for a much wider one, which no. was like 235 to 1, which is what we see nowadays in mm-hmm. theaters. We were going much wider and the British were, were they went wide from this from the 4.3, the, tel- the, the old television size, to uh, that frame ratio. And that's what they were showing in their theaters. You know, because I want to say one of the DVDs I was watching, maybe it was Curse of the Werewolf, was boxy. It wasn't uh, the full screen. Uh, I could be wrong, but it was one of the movies that I was watching. I thought, well, that's kind of weird, but, you know. Well, it really depends. If you had an older DVD, it might have been like a 4.3 that was letterboxed. Oh, And then you okay. get that kind of postage stamp. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah, the first DVDs that came out, they were doing the letterbox. Yeah. Right. Because you have to look on the back for anamorphic, uh, you know. <laughs> you just hit that little zoom button on your There control. you go. Then <laughs> <laughs> it gets all, like, pixelated and not as sharp. So I had kind of a brain glitch. Was the first Men in the Moon Hammer? No. It was no. not. No. One well, Million Years DC British. was Hammer. Yeah, One Million, one million yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's the only time Ray Harryhausen worked with Hammer. Yeah, oh, okay. you're yeah. right. Oh, okay. That's, okay. And Raquel Welch. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think he was getting more into Harryhausen, though. It, it oh, yeah. Train of thought, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So but it did have that kind of hammer feel with the Victorian age yeah. and that. But I think that was because it was based on a Jules Fern story. Right. And they, you know, went to that era. Right. Yeah. But. All right. Well, uh, we're coming towards the end of this podcast. I'm going to do a roundtable real quick before we uh, turn it over to uh, Tom and Lord Bloodraw to tell us more about Creatures Con. Any last thoughts, comments, questions, uh, Karen? Uh, just a follow-up. You were talking about Hammer's influence on uh, modern uh, yes. horror. And I, I just want to throw out the idea that I think that uh, Hammer had a lot of influence on Marvel comics, uh, Marvel horror comics in the 70s. Good point. Um, I've been reading, going back and rereading a, a lot of horror comics, Werewolf by Night and Tomb of Dracula. And even though they, they pay some homage to the Universal films, I think, uh, boy, a lot of the, the settings and the artwork really takes me back to Hammer films more than the Universal films. So I, and since they're so close to that time era, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the artists and writers of that time were catching those films probably in the hmm. theaters and whether consciously or not, um, 
bringing a lot of those hammer elements into the comics at that time. Like the depiction of the characters and monsters as well, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I think that, you know, and especially the little villages mm-hmm. and the the, uh, the situations, a lot of the, the things that were going on with the, the monsters, the stories, everything, it was, you could, there was a definite hammer feel. And if you looked at the black and white magazines, which were a lot more risque than the comics, yeah. I think you'd feel a definite hammer influence. Uh, Chief Engineer Bob. Well, yeah, I mean, I grew up with these films, and you know, they were they always stuck out as sort of the class of horror, you know, above above and beyond everything else. And if you really want to delve deep into the history of Hammer, there's a great, it's almost like two and a half hour documentary on Netflix right now, mm. all on the history of Hammer and the films, and it covers all the different aspects and uh, I think it really it's on is Amazon too what's that? I, I think it's on Amazon too the uh, documentary uh, was it Amazon Prime or was it Hammer House of Horror is the one that I saw and it was like 2 hours 45 minutes oh, wow. yeah. or something but no, it talked yeah, about it was, Beaker Street and right. the offices and yeah, uh, yeah so uh, uh, okay, so right. it's uh, Amazon Prime then yeah I have both it's one of them but <laughs> <laughs> But no, I said I watched it the other night. It was it's really a really good documentary. It gets really in depth on. And it doesn't Peter Cushing and, and uh, Peter Cushing Lee and narrate? Peter Cushing narrate it. Yeah. So it was obviously made a you know a few years ago. Yeah, uh, it was really good. Um, a lot of really cool behind the scenes, and uh, and also shows like Brave Studios and everything. Let me ask you guys real quick. So we talked about the uh, Lord Bloodraw brought up uh, one of the films that he liked was the zombie. Uh, but it was the the voodoo zombie, not right. not the zombie. zombie. Yeah. Did Hammer ever do a um, modern take on zombies, where the flesh eating, uh, you know? Mm, not that I remember. No. No. no, I think Hammer was pretty much winding down by the time when that yeah. came that out. Genre started. Yeah. One of these days, when you do movies. a podcast on ghouls versus zombies because at one point in time oh, yeah. a zombie was, you know like in white zombie there were these yeah. like automatons that you know swept your floor and went to your grocery <laughs> shopping and then you know uh, well there were the Haitian voodoo zombies with the voodoo drums and, yeah uh, yeah until and, 1968 and, until George Romero but then what, again they, 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 they never called them zombies they were ghouls right so well, one of the big things that I don't think we mentioned about the Hammer films is was their use of color yeah and that's why the theater was so important because you got to remember during the 60s when these things were on television we were seeing them in black and white right. not too many people right. had color TVs that's a great that's point. why uh, Frankenstein must be destroyed has such a big impact on me because I saw it in the theater <laughs> and here it's widescreen color you know and I'm used to uh, seeing Hammer's mm-hmm. films on a black and white TV you know and it's a great small point. frame you know so it's right. like the the color uh, that you see in those films is, is fabulous. Well, that's why we do Bay Area film events because a lot of these movies, you can see them on TV, you can watch them on the nicest home video system, that you can, home theater system yeah. that you can find, but there's nothing that compares to seeing it on the big screen yep. with a, a big audience no of way. like-minded people. Absolutely. Yep. And Absolutely. it's the whole experience of seeing it. It's like seeing it for the first time. Oh yeah, a lot of those see, movies, yeah. it's like, you're used to seeing them a certain way on TV, and then you go and see them on the big screen. It's like, well, it's amazing. Wow, yeah. this is like a real movie now. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, right. And that was important what Tom just brought up because uh, Curse of Frankenstein came out in 1957. Mm. Up till then, you did not have, let alone any really color monster movies. 
happening around that time, but nothing mm-hmm. big budget or treating the horror genre seriously. Yeah. It was primarily in, in the United States, it was science fiction. I mean, yeah. you had the teenage, I was a teenage Frankenstein, I was a teenage werewolf, came out around that the Teenage Frankenstein had a little bit of color in it. Yeah. <laughs> a tiny little bit, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> the very end, he gets electrocuted and it turns right? to color. Yeah. But. So you didn't have these big, lavish, yeah. uh, you know, beautifully, uh, uh, beautiful color images of these of these films until Hammer right. brought them over to the United States. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's true for everything because you, that was part of the theater experience that younger generation doesn't have now is right. we, we went to the theater and it was like, oh my God, it's widescreen, it's color, you know, because all we saw before that was TV, you yeah, know, and yeah. black and white. Well, to, to, to sound every minute of 55 years old, <laughs> I cannot understand how anybody can watch a movie on an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, there's no way. do that? It's widescreen color. Don't understand. <laughs> I just, I I just don't get that. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like, you know, when you were growing up, it's like, you always wanted bigger, 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 bigger TVs, yeah. bigger movie screens. You wanted to see it on the big, yeah. big theater. Yeah. Bigger girlfriend. And, wait. <laughs> <laughs> There's something going on with you <laughs> But now, yeah, it seems like everybody wants smaller, 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 smaller. And I want to be by myself. I want to sit in this yeah. little corner yeah, with my small screen and watch this movie yeah. and block everybody out. Whereas, like I say, it's... It's much better to experience on a big screen yeah. Yeah. with a crowd of people. And this is, you know, I'm not talking about Avengers Endgame or something. Right. Because you'll have people on their cell phones and people talking and whatever, kicking the back of your seats. <laughs> but on these other films, when you go to see the older films in the theaters and the yeah. fans are coming out, they're much more respectful of the films. And they'll sit there and, you know, and they're all so into this as much as you are, yeah. or maybe mm-hmm. more. Yeah. That it's, it's an entire different experience than being in your little cube with your phone. Oh, yeah. and you have away, not you know. seen the original King Kong until you've seen it on a big screen. Hmm. You could have seen it a thousand times on, on, on TV. You haven't seen that film. I had seen, seen it, it on a big screen, and then suddenly they showed it at the Paramount Theater in Oakland. I was there. Yeah. That's where I saw it. And uh, yeah, though you just blew you right out of your seat. Oh, screen. yeah. Well, this yeah. concludes the Grandpa's and Old Farts podcast. <laughs> In our day, we went to theaters and we loved it. snappers, and we enjoyed it. Put that phone away. No, no, I, I, I just, I agree. There was a documentary about pinball machines, and they made a good point in that at some point in time, uh, things changed. What we would do is. Uh, we would uh, go outside for our entertainment, whether it was bowling or the drive-in or whatever. Or an arcade. And we would eat at home. Um, and then there was this thing called a TV dinner. Yep. And it drove people from the home so that they would get dinner out of the home. And this thing called a video game, Pong, mm-hmm. brought entertainment into the home. And, and things kind of switched. And, and it's funny because unless it's an event movie like Endgame, year after year you hear about the decline in movie sales and the decline in this. And yet video games, which are what, like 40 bucks a game now, are making more money than these Hollywood mm-hmm. films. And they're like, you know, Pac-Man 3 or whatever the video game is. Now you're showing your age. I don't get it. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so Grandpa, there's no old... Pac-Man, Grandpa. Pong 4 is out now. <laughs> that would be Pong 44, I think. But 
Anyway. Yeah, well, that's true. That is absolutely it, it, true. You know, it didn't about face. Hey, guys, we had a fantastic time having you on the show. Thank you. So we much. look Thank forward you. to uh, hopefully getting you down. I know you're going to be busy at uh, Creatures Con, but coming in and, and recording with us for a couple of 10 minutes or whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this. Uh, we didn't cover this in the beginning. If you could both give us... Uh, how can folks find you? Web pages, uh, uh, so they, forth. Where can they buy tickets to Creatures Con? And, and where can they buy tickets to Creatures Con? Because I know Tom has a lot of projects that he's working on right now. Lord Bloodraw has a show. So please share that information yeah, with our, uh, our viewers. Real simple. You go to uh, CreaturesCon.com. Okay. And uh, everything is there. Um, the only thing we don't have up yet is the complete programming. But... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we'll get that up soon, okay. what the programming will be. But you can buy tickets there and see all the guests that are going to be there and the vendors and everything is, is on You Creatures guys have a great guest list this year. I mean, last year it's was good. good. This year is really, really good. It's very cool. It's very, and, and something that um, I've really noticed going to other conventions uh -huh. as well, other than Creatures Con, is we have a very unique gathering of vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to find stuff at our convention that you don't really see, especially at uh, Bay Area specific conventions, because there aren't a lot of horror specific. True. Uh, you know, where there aren't. We are the classic horror convention for the Bay Area, mm -hmm. and a lot of a couple of the vendors said to me, "Well, you know, I usually I have to go down south, up north, out of state to sell my stuff because you know it this, the stuff that they do, which is horror specific, horror and science fiction specific." specific doesn't sell necessarily that well at comic book conventions or just general pop culture conventions. It's very but true. When, when you've got a concentrated classic horror crowd, uh, that's what they're looking for, and you're going to find incredibly unique stuff. Bob made a steal last year at the show <laughs> with those Hamilton monsters. Uh, yeah. he, he got, like, all, what, all five? Four. Four? Nice. Uh, for, yeah. for like a song and a dance. And I'm like... That was like 25 bucks or something. Damn, I wish nice. I would have yes. found that. That's it. So. From That's it. our friend Strefan Taylor. Very good. Well, and good. important too is that uh, it's $15 admission, which is yes. not much more than a theater ticket. Uh, and you've got 10 hours of tons of things to do. That, there are, there that are is so a good point. There are so many vendors there. I even got uh, a really good deal on an airbrush there. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah cool. from the art. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was cool. Yeah. And there is there will be this little table called Planet Eight. Yes, I will. Right. And uh, hopefully, that's Karen right. will be there along with myself and Larry, and we'll be uh, doing a lot of Planet Eight activities right there at Creatures Con. That's right. Got, that's uh, right. Unique vendors, special guests, uh, live and film programs you're not going to see anywhere else. Like we mentioned. Uh, the Monster Movie Quiz, Mega Chiller Theater, mm -hmm. uh, the short documentary on Plan 9 from Outer Space, which the only place you're going to be able to see it is here. That's what we, we cool. try to do. We try to do exclusive uh, film content for the conventions. And, and now you, got, you guys are going to offer incentives for people to buy tickets ahead of time, correct? We are. We are, yeah. We're, we're going to come up with some, some pretty special uh, incentives for people to buy, to buy tickets. That's right. Yep. As it will be, we'll be announcing that shortly. Once now, if they don't buy tickets, there will be tickets at the door, but they're oh, probably yes. going to be, you're going to have to wait in a line and you're going to have yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's always better to pre-buy. It's yeah. always better to pre-buy your tickets. Just make absolutely sure that you're going to be mm -hmm. able to get yep. it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's just a PayPal receipt. That's right. all you need. Right. Yeah. What was that, Karen? 
It's July 7th, right? July 7th at the right. San Ramon Marriott. Yes, uh, Sunday, July 7th. Because this, right. this thing gets bigger every year, so it's going to come to a point where you're going to have to pre-buy tickets or yes. take the chance that they'll be sold out. By it, it's always year, a smart know. thing to do. I mean, being July, you don't want to stand outside. You know, you get your pass, you get in. You're going to have some kind of swag set up for them. Yep. It just yes. makes sense. I mean... Um, let me ask you guys this now. Cosplay. We didn't really talk too much about cosplay at the convention. I know last year I saw a ton of cosplay. Yeah. Uh, you guys encourage guests? We do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cosplayers yeah. are welcome. There's yeah. an amazing yeah. alien walking around last year. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, a couple of couple of folks from Planet of the Apes. I saw some uh, ape warriors yeah. out Caesar? there. Yeah, Caesar yeah. from the new uh, Planet of the Apes films was there. Yeah. Yeah we, yeah, we definitely welcome cosplayers. It just adds to the whole... Ambiance of the convention, you know. Cool, yeah. and so Lord Blood Rot, your your web information. People want to catch episodes or information on your coming yes. season. Where can they find you? Absolutely, um, the show is Lord Blood Raw's Nerve Racking Theater, in which I host the best, worst, and wildest horror and science fiction <laughs> films ever made. And if you go to lordbloodraw.com, that's L O R D B L O O D R A H. H for the hell of it. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. uh, <laughs> LordBloodRaw.com. You can check the uh, TV schedules and see where you can find it in uh, in your area. Uh, it streams. It's on broadcast TV. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, I just picked up a new Roku um, streaming streaming service. Cablecast Screenweave okay. now runs the Chabot hmm. TV feed. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, and not only that, so you can catch it catch the show there. Uh, uh, Tuesday nights at I'm sorry, Friday nights at 10:30 p.m. on Roku on that service. But they also have episodes of my series Video on Demand there. Nice. Now and that's that's just brand new. And isn't Lord Bloodraw hosting all the programming at Creatures Con? I think. Lord what? Well, no. Lord Bloodraw <laughs> is hosting most of the. Oh, okay. Hosting <laughs> we have most a, of the. We have a special host there. there. We have a special. Uh, a horror journalist who uh, writes for Scream Magazine, Kevin Nicholson, okay, who's going to be hosting uh, one of the special panels there. Great. And uh, yeah, we, we contacted him. He's an incredibly knowledgeable guy. Great. I mean, I was, I was talking to him at one of the conventions. We immediately fell into, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, we immediately started talking about Ed Wood. Oh. And it was like, okay, if you can, you can, you know, 10 minutes of conversation, you bring up an Ed Wood reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I host most of the uh, things there. Uh, of course, I host the Monster Movie Quiz, and it's some of the most fun I ever ha I have on stage. I love doing it. Just well, I, doing I missed it. it last year, so I'm going to oh, see if please, I can get yeah. permission from the Why chief did you to miss go. It? Yeah, run over there. Run over there. I was point. podcasting. I couldn't and, get away. Yeah. One of my biggest jobs is keeping Lord Broadway online. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Well, and look, if you, if you guys make it to the show, make sure, uh, like I said, Tom and, and Lord Blood are going to be real busy. But check them out. They're going to have tables there with, with DVDs and, and all kinds of good stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, any last minute uh, words uh, before we sign off? Uh, no, uh, I think that uh, great show. I love talking about hammers. So you guys do a great job. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, get out there and see those hammer films, uh, That's especially right. on that uh, you know nice color TV that we have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you never know. Bay Area watch film it. events. We may do a big hammer show sometime. No iPhone watching. That would be wonderful because <laughs> again, you okay. don't see those on the big screen. And I'll have to know. look into it. From what I hear, the hammer films are really expensive to get. Are they? But That's a shame. Um, that hasn't stopped us before in some some shows. So. Well, Bob has a big couch. Maybe we'll do a personal showing here for you guys 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> that works. Uh, yeah, uh, if if you haven't seen the Hammer horror films, track them down and see them. They lessen in quality as mm-hmm. as they get into the stuff from the early seventies. I would say, but uh, man, just what a lineup of, of right of classic content, classic horror films, and Peter Cushing's. Victor Frankenstein and Christopher Lee's Dracula. A lot of fun. And oh, you know, we totally forgot to mention Peter uh, Cushing's Van Helsing, who was another. Mm-hmm. So he played two kind of iconic he, characters. He, yep, right. In all of the in, in these films, that, it was Van Helsing that cured himself of the vampire. Yeah, we did That's talk right, about yeah, Van Helsing yeah, before. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, they, yeah, they both yeah. definitely got quite a few yeah. classic characters in there. Well, oh, yes. Look again, thank you guys. We'd love to have you back in the future. Thank so you. Uh, we will be reaching out to you. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8, signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end.